Hello everyone, thank you for stopping by and listening to my podcast. In this series, I want you to think about the birth of Jesus on earth. How this single event was planned and foretold a long time ago. Let's start with the first verse of the Bible found in Micah 5.2. But thou Bethlehem Euphrata, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, Yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. So we see that Jesus had his birth on earth at Bethlehem. We also see that his beginning was not in Bethlehem. Micah says that he has been from everlasting. Have you ever noticed some people had say things like, how can I understand the Bible? Or especially, how can I understand the Old Testament? Well, I want to tell you that Jesus is the key that will help you understand all of the Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament. The All of the Bible is about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus is the theme of the Bible. Jesus is the hero of the Bible. And Jesus is the message of the Bible. Now, sometimes people think that the Old Testament is more about Israel and the ceremonies of old, and that most of the New Testament focuses just on Jesus. Well, um, I want to show you that the whole Bible, the Old and the New, focus and is about Jesus. We find in John 5:39 that Jesus is speaking with the religious leaders of the day, and this is in the New Testament. He throws them a challenge. Now, we must remember before I read this that what we consider the New Testament had not been written yet. It was actually being lived, but it hadn't been written. So when they say that so when Jesus said search the scriptures, he's talking about for what we know as the Old Testament, okay? So here it is, John 5, 39. Search the scriptures, for in them you think that ye have eternal life. And they are they which testify to me. Okay? Another rendition of that is, is the ESV version. It says this, John 5, 39. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me. So what we see here is that there are portraits of Jesus in the Old Testament. God wrote the Old Testament just as he did the New Testament. And through the Holy Spirit, God inspired the writers of the Old Testament. And they shaped and formed their writings to say exactly what needed to be said. You know... There is a history of Israel, the ceremonies and all these things. But when you step back and look, you'll see the face of Jesus. If you step back far enough and look at the Old Testament, you'll see Jesus. And that's what I want to get to in this podcast is sort of an introduction to exactly what that looks like. So let's begin with this. Without the Lord Jesus in the Old Testament, it is simply a bundle of unfulfilled prophecies of unexplained ceremonies, and of unattainable laws. 
So the Old Testament was finished over 400 years before Jesus came to earth to be born in Bethlehem. Jesus came to this earth, was born in Bethlehem, lived a righteous life, was falsely accused, was nailed to a tree, suffered, bled, and died, was buried in a borrowed tomb, rose from the dead the third day, and then he was walking with two disciples on the road to Emmaus, and they didn't recognize him. But we have that recorded for us in Luke chapter 24, verses 44 and 45. And it reads this, And he said unto them, this is Jesus speaking, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which are written in the law of, the Mo law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then he opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. That was their Bible. They had broken it down into the law, the prophets, and the Psalms. So what we call the Old Testament, Jesus referred to it in three distinct sections. The law, the prophets, and the Psalms. So can you imagine hearing Jesus explain himself in the scriptures? Certainly wished I would have heard that. Certainly wished we could have heard that what in, informative it would have been. So let's move forward. Jesus is prophet, priest, and king. So in the Gospels, in the New Testament, you see Jesus as the anointed prophet. He's preaching. In Acts and the Epistles, you see Jesus, the anointed priest, interceding, saving us, and bringing us to God. And in the book of Revelation, you see Jesus, God's anointed king, reigning, because he is the fulfillment of all these prophecies. It's all about Jesus, the Old Testament and the New Testament. Sort of in a high level, the Old Testament says something like this, Behold, he comes. And then the Gospels say, Behold, he dies. And then the Acts says, Behold, he lives. And the epistles say, Behold, he saves. And the revelation says, Behold, he reigns. So without Jesus, all these things become dead end roads leading to nowhere. Jesus is the theme of the Bible. And some of the prophecies of Jesus in the Old Testament is, Jesus is a prophet like Moses. Jesus is a priest like Aaron. Jesus is a champion like Joshua. Jesus is an offering like Isaac. Jesus is a king like David. Jesus is a counselor like Solomon. Jesus is a beloved, rejected, exalted son and heaven's bread supplier just like Joseph. Jesus helped us to understand the Ark of the Covenant because he is the Ark of the Covenant. Jesus is the mercy seat. Jesus is the water from the rock. Jesus is the manna from the sky. Jesus is the brazen serpent lifted up for our sins. Jesus is the Passover lamb. Jesus is the scapegoat that carries away our sins. Jesus is the line of Judah. 
Jesus is the good shepherd. Jesus is the lily of the valley. Jesus is the root out of dry ground. Jesus is the faithful branch. And he is the one without form nor comeliness, yet altogether lovely. And his name is Jesus. If you read the Bible and you don't see Jesus, I encourage you to go back and reread it. It's just like, for instance, a pecan pie without the filling that only has the crust and pecans. Jesus is the theme of the Bible. And again, he says in John 5, 3, he told, told those men to search the scriptures, for these are they which testify of me. So these are the prophecies of the Old Testament. You know, fulfilling of the prophecy is the great truth of the inspiration of the Bible. It is the great truth of the deity of Jesus Christ. But you know, a lot of people think that Jesus was just a man in, in time and that there's nothing special about him. But I want us to think about something called the mathematical law of probability. I want us to think about this for a minute as we narrow down and focus on Jesus. The mathematical law of probability says this, that, for instance, the insurance companies, they operate on the law of probability. For example, for less than maybe $100 a month, some uh, young 30-year-old man could buy a, a million-dollar term policy. So why would the insurance companies insure this guy for a million dollars and him only paying a small portion of that monthly? Well, that's where the law of probability, of mathematical probability, come into play. They know that it is far less of a chance that he dies anytime soon than it is they get their money before he actually does die. So it is a it's something they've studied because the insurance companies have to be mathematically sound or they would be out of business for the amount of money they insure that is not theirs to insure. So I want us to think about this in, in the line of the 300 prophecies that are in the Old Testament. I want us to sort of think about this as we look into Jesus. I want us to look for instance, let's look at a telephone real quick. I want to give you another example of the telephone about dialing a person. You know, we all have telephones and we tend to, most people have like shortcut and favorite list and things like that. Well, they dial up, say, mom or pop or a boyfriend or girlfriend or spouse or whatever it is or a child. Well, when you dial that shortcut, you're dialing at least um, 10 numbers to get to that person. Not just any 10 numbers, but specific numbers. Like for instance, for here in Bladenburg, um, North Carolina, the area code for here is 910. So if I dial 910, I, for the most part, do away with everyone that lives outside of the southeastern part of North Carolina. You see where that's going? And if you dial the next three numbers, the 863, well, that is significant to the town of Bladenburg only. And then you have the last four digits, the numbers that are the person that you actually want at that end. So you have the 
the area code, which for 910 gives you the southeastern North Carolina, the 863, which gives you the town of Bladenburg, and then the four digits will actually get you that person in Bladenburg. So I want to use that same analogy, and let's see if we can dial in and find Jesus. First of all, we must find out that the Messiah came from or will come from the human race. Okay, so we go to the first book of the Bible, the book of beginnings. Let's go to the book of Genesis, the book of Genesis 3, verse 15. And it reads this, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. And it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. So this is the first evangelical message, that is, that God is going to send the seed of a woman, from the seed of a woman, to will come the Messiah. And that Messiah will bruise the serpent's head, both a birth, a bruising, and a blessing, all that in that one verse. So, and anyway, generally speaking, in the Bible, especially, we see that the seed is always considered a man. So it's really significant that Genesis says that the seed of the woman, because of course it speaks of Jesus was, was born of a virgin. Now secondly, God narrows the focus a little bit more, and there is a section out of that race. We found out the race is mankind. It's, this is not going to be an angel. It's not going to be anything like that. It's going to come from the human race. So what out of that race? So remember that uh, early on, after the Garden of Eden, Noah came, he built a boat, and three families came out of that, right? Went from the flood. There were three families. So now the whole world is set back to three families, Ham, Shem, and Japheth. So which race did God choose? If we look in Genesis 9, 26, it says, And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Shem. So now we have a section out of that race. Let's tighten the focus a little bit more. God's going to get out of this nation and out of that section and out of that race. So let's get the nation. We see that in Genesis 12, verses 1 and 2. Now the Lord said to Abram, we might know him as Abraham, but this was before God named him Abraham. Get thee out of the country and out from thy kindred and from thy father's house into a land which I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. So now we're tightening the focus a little bit more. God says, I want a tribe out of that nation, out of that section, out of that race. And God's going to choose a tribe. Okay, so it's Abraham's tribe. So from Abraham, we have Isaac was born. Okay, Isaac had two sons. His two sons were named Jacob and Esau. And we see in Numbers 27, 17 that God chose Jacob. Numbers 27, 17. I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a sceptre shall rise out of Israel that will smite the corners of Moab and destroy all the children of Seth. So now you see how God is beginning to tighten the focus. Abraham's grandson, Jacob, is the one to whom the Messiah is going to come. 
But Jacob had 12 sons. Which one of the 12 sons did the Messiah come from? So let's look in Genesis 49.10. The sepulcher shall not depart from Judah. So Judah is the next one. Let me read it again. The sepulcher shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. Notice what God is saying. There must be a race. There must be a section out of that race. There must be a nation out of that section. And there must be a tribe out of that nation. And now there also must be a family out of that tribe. We see that in Isaiah 11 verses 1 and 2. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of its roots. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, and the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, and the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of God. So Jesse was of the tribe of Judah, and was the father of David. So let's see that in Second Samuel chapter 7, verses 8 and then 16. Now therefore, so shall thou say unto my servant David, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I took thee from the sheepcote, from the following from following the sheep, to be ruler over my people, over Israel. And thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne shall be established forever. So it's not by accident that Jesus was born in the city of David. Jesse had eight sons, but he only had the one son, David. There must come out of a household, out of a family, out of a tribe, out of that nation, out of a section, and out of that race. You see how we're tightening the row, how it can only be the one person? God says there must be a person out of the family of David. Not just any woman, but a special woman. We see that in Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So God used that one woman out of that one household, out of that one family, out of that one tribe, out of that one nation, and out of that one section, and out of that one race, and this particular woman, God chose to be the mother of the Messiah. Do you see how the law of probability is building up? There is no way this could be happenstance. There's too many verses in the Bible that say, it's this person, it's out of this tribe, it's out of this nation. So, And it all wraps up in Micah 5.2. Let's read it. But thou Bethlehem Euphrata, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. So who is the Messiah? He is the son of that woman, out of that household, out of that family, out of that tribe, out of that nation, out of that section, out of that race, and his name is Jesus. So you think all this just happened by chance? No way. The statistical probability of this happening by chance is crazy, crazy. Never, no way, no way. 
this could happen by chance, the same chance it could be that we picked up these uh, telephone number I went through and just dialed 10 digit numbers of randomness and expect to get our friend to answer. No, it is mathematically impossible. It had to be a certain person out of each one of those pieces. So other things in the Bible, we see in Isaiah 53 that the son will be rejected by his people, but accepted by the Gentiles. We also see that this son will be portrayed with 30 pieces of silver. We see that in Zechariah 11, verses 12 and 13. We see also that the son will be crucified by the piercing of his hands and of his feet. We find that in Psalm 22:16. We also find out this son will be raised from the dead. That is in Psalm 16:10. Not just any son. It's the virgin-born son of God, perfect life, who lived, who died, who bled, who was buried, who rose, who was ascended, and his name is Jesus, and he was born in Bethlehem. Do you see how all this means? What does all this mean? What do you want to do with Jesus today? You can crown him or you can crucify him. You can believe him or you can disbelieve him. You can accept him or you can reject him. But I'll tell you one thing, you cannot be with Jesus and that is neutral. Jesus himself said and recorded for us in Matthew 12 verse 30, He that is not with me, is against me. He that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. So what will you do with Jesus today? You can believe the Bible. It is God's inspired word. You can trust him as Savior. The same Bible that prophesied the first coming is the same Bible that prophesies his second coming. The Savior who came the first time as Messiah is the one who's coming the second time as the King of kings and Lord of lords. God bless you and have a great day.